Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Who was talking? Who was talking? David. David, right? The Lord is our shepherd. Is that what it says? The Lord is my father's shepherd. He's the shepherd of our church. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Until you come to a place where you can personalize your Christ. Who is Christ to you? David lived under the old covenant, right? You know that those people did not know God as their personal Lord. They used to call him the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They didn't feel that they had a direct relationship with God. And the Spirit of God did not even dwell with them permanently. So the Spirit of God would let them and go back. But David had such a profound revelation of the Lord that he made bold to say, The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why shall I not want? Because the Lord is my because some of you think the reason you will not want is because you're beautiful, because you're strong, because you're intelligent, because you're hardworking, because you're decisive. Because he says the reason why I will not want is because the Lord is my shepherd. Do you so know Christ that you can boast of something because of Christ? Who is Christ to you? How has he revealed himself? If you have the revelation of Christ as a shepherd, what will not be your problem? Because you know he's able to meet you. Are we together? So it is your revelation of the Lord that determines your stability. Amen. Hallelujah. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He's talking out of experience. I have seen the Lord lead me, make me lie down to rest while He does fight for me. I have seen the Lord. If you were to write a short a journal of yourself, of your work with Christ, who will you say Christ is to? What experience do you have with him? He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. They restore something that is lost. When you are weary, he says, Christ restores my soul. Do you know Christ as the person who can restore your soul? Who can revive? Some of you, when talk of soul, it's talking about oh, even your emotions. That boy has broken your heart. Christ can restore your heart. Christ can restore your job, even when you fail an exam, when they don't take you for a walk. Christ can restore your confidence when people talk you down. Do you have that revelation of Christ that powerful? 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I know we endeavor to be righteous, but it is Christ who leads us in the path of righteousness. That sometimes we want to do it, but he held us from doing it. Can you boast that you have seen Christ hold you and push you away from that temptation that he has led you in the path of righteousness? Oh, you're still strong because you say, I made up my mind, I will never talk to you again, I will never touch anybody, I made up my mind, and he's still above you. Until you can boast in the power of Christ able to keep you righteous, your own righteousness is still filthy to God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. One line of fear, for thou art me. It's not because you have made up your mind and you are strong, you can face anything. It says, because of the Lord who is present in me, I will not fear. Now, Christ has become real to you, my brother and my sister. The reason why you know that you know that footed is not because you are a civil servant, but because you have talent, you have handwork. Because Christ is with you. Thy rod and thy staff may come for me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup running over. All of this, the post is in Christ. He prepares a table for me. He anoints my head, my cup runs over. Can you put your confidence in Christ like this? I know that some of you, the reason of your anointing is because of your 60 day fast and your 23.5 hours prayer. All of those things are good. But do you see Christ as the supplier of your grace and calling? The sustainer of your election? The one who continues to pour oil on your head even when you don't deserve it? The one who sets tables for you with kids in your business, in your everything. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of my life. He didn't say I will run after them and catch them. He says they will follow goodness and mercy. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you that confident in Christ? That his goodness and mercy will be following you even when you want to fall. They are following you when you want to make an error. He sends someone to give you an idea to go surely. To even send a prophecy. He even speak to you by a loud voice. Do you have that confidence that Christ loves you so much that he will not let you go for anything even when you want to go against yourself? Jesus must become this real to us. He says that it is your knowledge of him. That will cause you to experience this lifting. It's not just your love. I know that we all love the Lord. Some of us, we struggle to get money to pay transport. Some of us came here, we are eating one meal, we don't even have money to buy that money. We didn't even have all our paintings and other luxuries. But we came because we love the Lord. Your love is wonderful. But if you want to be lifted up, you need to know 
Because then they didn't know the Spirit of God as such. So they had to set him apart with oil to indicate the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. So the anointing, what is the anointing? It is a supernatural enablement to do ordinary things in extraordinary manners. A supernatural enablement to do ordinary things in extraordinary manners. Hallelujah. So the anointing was scarce in those days. And one person had to be departing for the anointing to come to the next person, like Elijah and Elisha. But glory to God, times have changed. The clock has turned around. Now, Ah, Kabrashaka. 
should have not been saying all the things in him. And my gift of writing poem and song and this way, but it has just come back. Then the Lord said, I was sitting now by faith. I am here. It means that it is not a healing that, but it is the ability in her that has caused it. So she says, I'm by faith, I am healed. This is God. This is God. If you leave this place, they see. Love upon me, therefore, 
will I deliver him. When you set your love upon Jesus, he will deliver you from the grip of Satan and sin and pull you into the kingdom of his light. That's salvation for those who love Jesus. And a lot of people love Jesus and are saved. Glory to God. But he now adds a second clause and says, I will set him on high. Why? Because he knows and understands my name. Because he has personal knowledge of my mercy, my love, and my kindness. Because he trusts and relies on me, knowing that I will never forsake him. No. It's one thing to love the Lord and be saved. It is another thing to know the Lord and the lifted on high. The Lord does not lift you on high just because you are. It is a product of knowledge and understanding. He says, because he has known my name, he has understood my love, my mercy, my kindness. Because he trusts and relies on me, knowing that I cannot forsake him, I will set him on Enjoy the presence of God in this world. But I want more than just the feeling of deliverance from sin and the torment of eternal damnation in hell and a hope of glory. I want more. But he says, you have to know
is not just a command, it is a responsibility to know the Lord. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before him. And the Lord, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Let me go to 6 and 7. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. Answered, not my son, lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I think the Samuel ministered before the Lord. Samuel ministered before the Lord. And even heard God call him, but he did not know that it was the Lord. He ran to him. Why? You can be in church and sleep on the altar, yet you don't have the personal revelation of Jesus. You can serve as the leader in ACF and have many people under you that call you Papa or Mama. Yet, you don't know the Lord experientially as an individual. And somewhere right to him. And that's why there is a lot of people who know how to serve men in the hope of serving God, but never reaching God. The moment God called someone, his first response was to run to him. But God never spoke to him through it. God remained calling him until such a time that he understood that he could respond to God and receive from the Lord. There is a Lord that God wants to reveal to you and he will not do it to another person. But your focus is still your leader. But God wants to reveal himself to you as a leader. It takes you to come to the place to know the Lord for yourself. God will use men to enable men all the time. But there are some things in your life, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your career, in your personal person, that God will only relate to you as a individual. So, it is expedient 
for every boy or girl, man or woman, to want to do Jesus for themselves. If we teach you everything and not teach you how to know the Lord for yourself, it didn't help you much. Are we together? You can come to Assam and go back and yet not know Jesus as But I know that something is breaking loose in your inside so that you can know Jesus for yourself. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added, right? If the Bible says seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it means it can be found. Huh? It means it can be found. Do you continue to, to, to seek something you have found? If you are looking for me and you see me, do you continue looking for me? It is possible to stand and say, today, I have understood the kingdom of God and righteousness in Christ. I am completely sealed in Him and my salvation is eternal. And I know the Lord. It is possible to get to that place. And then Colossians 3 verse 1 now says what? If you have been risen with Christ, seek the things that are above and the right hand of God with Christ. So there is a way you can seek some things, find them and go now for other higher things. Are you understanding? The moment Samuel understood he could reveal because started hearing God. When God spoke, he was no more searching. How do I hear God? Do I know? He was now relating with God now on other things. The Lord said, eh, he was early, I'm going to punish him, and the children started interceding. And this after I go and anointing this one, he was like, oh God, but this, uh, if I, uh, okay, I'll dismiss this one now, anoint another, you can see that. So there is a way. Samuel was first sleeping on the altar, burning incense, and burning meat that they bring to sacrifice for, and knowing that he has it. And his mother was proud of him that I've sacrificed myself to the Lord. Hey, when I come and see him in the temple, I'm happy. But God's call on Samuel was far bigger than that. But Samuel could not access it if he did not come to know God personally. All of you are different destinies that have to be revealed. You have to affect your world in different dimensions. But you must know the Lord for yourself. Your relationship with Jesus will not end at a feeling in sitting to hear the word. It will become practical, experiential. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I read from the Amplified. For my determined purpose that I may know him, that I may progress 
understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may, in that same way, come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which he exerts over believers. And that I may so share his sufferings, so to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope. Apostle Paul, after writing many books, when he was writing to the figure, he said, his own persuasion is that he has determined in himself know Jesus progressively, steadily and intentionally to understand how Jesus functions in the life of a believer and to conform his life to the life of Christ by reason of revelation and that he will also understand until the power of God will outflow towards him and then he will be conformed even to the state of his death and to rise again Ah, one thing I like, Paul, there are many leaders who tell you the good things God has done for them and who use the grace of God to minister to you. But they don't tell you what they did to be where they are and what they are doing to stay there with wire. Then Apostle Paul, he makes it clear. This is my brethren, as you see me like this, I am a product of persistent push to know the Lord. All the things I have known, I still keep them out, look ahead, and then press on to know Him more. You must desire to know the Lord for yourself. See, He says that anyone who hungers, Oh, thirst and fill them. There is no way you can walk and God will feed you. There is no way you can press home and you will not enter into the depths. Do you know that a ratio that you put here has ability to capture different channels between you? All those frequencies are there, seeing and here. There's Al Jazeera here, there's BBC here, there is radio, whatever here. Now, you don't see it, you don't feel it, it doesn't make sense to you. But if you put the receiver now, turn it on, and you begin to tune. You begin to tune. You begin to tune from one frequency to the next. That's how you'll be capturing waves at that signal. Once you focus in your heart to keep tuning, to keep tuning, to know the Lord. You will capture wizards frequency. There is a way that your hunger and thirst for God will connect you to people who have what you're looking for. There is a way that your hunger and thirst for God will that I felt like giving this it. I have these messages I just thought to share with you. Oh, you just meet him when you just meet him when he was watching the channel and he was this person and he was talking about there is a way that your hunger will emit signals that will cause a reception at that frequency. 
see. There is a way that your life will choose the things that will come around you and the ones that will go. That will choose the kind of mentor you are connected to and the one that cannot bear you. If you propose in your heart that I want to know him, he will give you grace. He will reveal himself to you. He wants to be found. But he says, seek him. Apostle Paul said that I may know him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 20. Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 28 to 29. 28 to 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Someone say, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. The Bible says, this is Jesus talking. He says, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy land, and I will give you. That is what a promise. It's a promise now. Then most people end there. Then coming to Jesus is not enough. Are there not many of people who have come to Jesus and yet they are still not having rest? Let's be honest. Yeah? That still not having financial rest, marital rest, emotional rest, psychological rest, all kinds of rest. But they have come to Jesus. Verse 28 now he says. <laughs> Verse 29 now he says, Learn of me. Learn of me. For I am what? Meek and lowly in heart. And dead. You shall find rest unto your So Jesus is saying that I have rest in me. The only place you can get it is me. So come to me and have it. But when you come, you have to learn of me in order to possess the rest. So if you come to me and you don't learn of me, you will be in me and rest is beside you and beside them. It's not you. Do you understand? All things that pertain to life and godliness have been given in Christ. But to receive them, we have to learn of Him. And that's why the Bible says, as you continue to look in that mirror, which is Christ, consistently, continually, as you continue to look, that's learning. He says you are being transformed. As you look again, you are transformed. As you look again, you are transformed. So Jesus says you must learn of me. Personally. He didn't say hear of me. Learn of him. Personally. Are we together? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ. But ye have not so learned Christ. If you read the verses above, you understand. 
He says that you are born again. But the works that are supposed to be mentioned only in Gentiles are still mentioned among you. And you know the reason? Because you have not so learned Christ. It means that you can leave the dark. You know when you're in darkness, cockroaches can pass on your feet. You can enter pothole. You can mash people. You can hurt yourself on the wall. Somebody can easily hit you because he was not seeing you. All kinds of things can happen, right? So when we are born again, we are in the kingdom. When we are not born again, we are in the kingdom of darkness. But when we are translated into the kingdom, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, this we are now born again, we are in the kingdom of light. And when you are in light, you can see. Is that not so? But do you know that you can enter into a house that is well lighted by a person? And you continue to have the mentality of the person who is outside in the dark. And so when you see somebody come, you are afraid that the person will hit you. Because you think the person is not seeing you. But somebody sees you and is coming and says, you will pass this way now. But because you are still thinking like a person who is in darkness, you think if somebody is coming, if you don't dodge, the person cannot dodge, he will hit you. You still think maybe rat will jump on you, you will smash people, you are still vigilant, you are still careful, you are still scared, you are still... It's possible because you have not learned your new identity. You can be in Christ and not learn Christ. So Christ said, the reason why you are still weak and these sins and these evils are perpetrated in you, is not because you don't love, it's because you don't know, you have not so learned Christ. If you understand who you are in Christ, that you are royalty, there is a way that royal people don't talk, they don't dress, they don't eat because they are conscious of their status. When you understand, when you learn of Christ and understand yourself in Him, you will be meek and humble and you can suffer long with people. You can endure. You can ignore. You can stand. You can carry yourself. You can stay in confidence. You can pour out the power without feeling. You know? Some of you think that you must feel before the power is there, the spirit is there, the angels are there, you something. Even when you don't feel, they are still there. But you can still enjoy the sensation of feeling. So what we are saying is that you must learn. When they say learn, my brother, it's work. Who among you just passed the exam? Learning is work. Learning is work. It means study. So Christ has in, 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 enrolled us in the school. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 17 says that then. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Christ Jesus. So Christ is the one who reveals grace and truth to us. So it means if you want to understand grace and truth, you should first understand Christ. Because I've seen charismatic preachers who teach grace as if it is the grace.
grace that reveals Christ. Whether well, it is Christ that brought grace. So if you don't understand Christ, you cannot understand grace. It is more important to learn of Christ than to learn of anything else. Is another name for the Holy Spirit. And 
the Holy Spirit is living in you and with you. And it is an eternal seal forever. But if the Bible says, tear up the Spirit, quench not the Spirit, grieve not the Spirit, it means your anointing can be in you and silent. But it also means you can stir it up. And tonight, 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 Amen. your anointing is stirred up. Amen. Last thing I will say. The anointing has the function, number one, of preservation. The anointing preserves you. The anointing preserves you. There is a way. Do you know, David expected that the anointing would preserve Saul and Jonathan. So that even if they are killing everybody, they cannot kill them. When you stir up your anointing, even kidnappers, they cannot find it funny to teach you. Because the anointing preserves you. When the anointing is stirred up, even careless boys cannot talk to you. The kind of boy that will talk to you cannot be a careless boy. Yes. The anointing preserves. I cannot teach too much on this because my time is up. No, the anointing gives you an identity. It makes you recognizable in the realm of the spirit. The anointing has an identity. It makes you recognizable in the realm of the spirit. Both in the spirit of, in the, in the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of devils. It gives you an identity. That they will say, Christ I know, Paul I know, Elvis I will see. That's what the anointing does. It gives you an identity. The kind of anointing determines the dimension of angels that function in your life. Ah, yeah, God, 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 God. No scriptures, I will just run. The anointing teaches you of Christ. The anointing is to help reveal Christ to you. The anointing. And lastly, the anointing is for service. It's for what? For service. For service. Serving without the anointing is like annoyance. Ministry without anointing is, is vexation of the spirit. Vexation of the spirit.
you will have an encounter that will stir up the anointing. Remember that your anointing is forever. But it is how far you stir it that will determine how much it will want for you. Hallelujah. Last scripture. 1 John chapter 2 verse 26 and 27. 1 John 2 26 and 27. These things have I written to you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you and ye need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teacheth you all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it had taught you ye shall abide the anointing which you have already received in Christ, no man can take it away from you. It will be in you perpetually. Some of you said that I used to be anointed, but since I see, since I did this, the anointing left. Where did it go to? You just silenced the spirit. It did not leave. But today, you will stay him again. The best thing a man can do for you. It's not to prophesy your life. It's not to give you money. It's not to give you a woman. It is to stir up your own anointing to begin to move. The best gift, are you here? Is to stir up your own anointing. I said the anointing will teach you all things and cause you to abide in Him, Christ. So the greatest thing that can cause you to abide in Christ is the anointing in you that is moved. Because when I will not be there to encourage you and the predication comes, what will keep you? It is the anointing. When there is no motivation to serve as we came and did public evangelism, what will push you to go and evangelize and do things for God? It is the anointing. He says that nobody will take it away from you. He will abide perpetually. And I am saying this because some people used to be anointed. And they are no longer anointed. No, they are still anointed. Is that the anointing? It's not functional. But it's there. And tonight, there is going to be a resurrection of your anointing. We will prophesy into your lives. We will pray for you. We will agree with you. We will stand the gap with you. But above all, your anointing will be stirred up. 